everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Unloaded and Uncovered podcast with me, Magda, aka the Unapologetic Nonconformist. You already know what day it is. You already know what time it is. It's Thursday. Every Thursday, as you already know, I drop a new episode. So you can find me on my socials, uh, Instagram at Haitian Sensation 13, Facebook, Magda Zazir. And you can also like and follow this page on Facebook, Unloaded and Uncovered. So we're going to get started. Today, 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 I told y'all last week that I was going to have um, a guest on the podcast. And I do. She actually came. Says Dr. Kimya. Dr. Kimya, how do you say your full name? Kimya Nuru Dennis. Thank you for asking. So it's pronounced with a long E and then Nuru. Kimya Nuru. Kimya Nuru Dennis. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have Dr. Kimya Nuru Dennis here with me um, as my guest. Dr. Kimya, could you let everybody know where to find you? Yes. So they can find me at 365diversity, which is 365diversity.com. And that has my email address and business number. And on there, you they will find the list of services, my background, and all of my work that I put on my website, including some photos and podcast recordings. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. No, not a problem. So today, um, I know I had, we had talked about this prior, Dr. Kimya. So I had an episode based on um, the differences between African-American culture and the Haitian culture. And I talked about my experiences and what I, and what I believed to be some of the differences. But at the same time, I was like, I didn't really see much of a difference, see much of a difference because I believe that everyone is black. So mm-hmm. that's the only thing that I saw, the only thing that I know is just we all, you know, were quote unquote taken to different parts of the world, but we all came from one continent, which is Africa. And I wanted to dive deeper into that because I think a lot of people, I don't know what it is within our within our diaspora and within our culture that a lot of people have this idea that one ethnicity or nationality is better than the other. Mm-hmm. And we also, I also touched base, talked to you about the ADOS as well. And um, wanted to dive deeper into that. So you grew, did you grow up? Um, I want, I just want to just ask a question. Are you of are you of African descendant? Are you African American? Like, what's your background in history? We are all all black people are of immediate African descent. I was born and raised in Richmond, Virginia, the second capital of the Confederacy, and I am a descendant of enslaved Africans and black people. So. So um, part of this is I want us to stop using safe language. So sometimes you'll hear black people around the world say, we were taken to different parts of the world. No, those of us who are not descendants of Africans who chose to migrate were not taken to. We were Mm -hmm. stolen, raped, murdered, and forced through white terrorism 
around the world. So we weren't just taken to, this wasn't a cruise ship. This was planking our people on top of each other, including our people from different cultures, languages, religions. And, and so we want to never ever make this sound comfortable and soft because that's how it's presented in K through 12 and colleges and universities around the world. And, and also I do not identify as African-American. Sometimes I might use the phrase black American, African-American, but I myself am black and born and raised in Richmond, Virginia and a descendant of enslaved African black people. And I don't say American cause I'm not patriotic. Mm-hmm. You don't hear people say white American that often. It's just the rest of us who are forced to put American on the racial and ethnic title. Whereas trillions of white people from various ethnicities and religions and nations of origin around the world are just white mm-hmm. and they're American, but that's because of patriotism. Right. And so, so I don't put the American beside my racial and ethnic categorization. Okay. So you are black, correct? Correct. And you're a descendant of African, just want to get it correct, African slaves or? I'm a descendant of Africans and that includes enslaved Africans and enslaved black people. So the distinction is enslaved Africans immediately being stolen from the Western part of Africa and Mm -hmm. enslaved black people, because when you look at Africa meaning black, then the transfer would be black people who were born on the Western hemisphere. Mm. And it's from enslaved Africans. Okay. We don't want to call ourselves slaves, but we were enslaved Africans and enslaved Black people. Got it. Got it. Now, did you happen to do your African ancestry or ancestry in me to find out exactly where your lineage came from? No. Uh, My father did some of that, but honestly, Mm -hmm. I feel like contributing to profit I don't feel like those of us who were stolen and enslaved, descendants of stolen and enslaved Africans should have to pay and help people profit to find out our descendants. So I leave that to other people. I got you. I got you. I understand. Totally understand. I wanted to do it, but I was a little apprehensive due to my DNA being Mm -hmm. dispersed to a lab that I don't know where this lab is or who's handling it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I I know where my family came from and I'm digging a little bit deeper working with um working with other people that are within the diaspora, but yeah, I, I feel you. I just I wasn't very comfortable with, you know, swabbing my mouth and swabbing my parents' mouth to find out where exactly our lineage is from. Yeah, and there's a Black-owned company that's doing this. So when my father did this, my father used different companies because you compare and different companies find different things. Mm-hmm. And so what I know is, again, I'm a descendant of enslaved Africans and enslaved Black people. On my mm-hmm. grandmother's side, it's Blackfoot Indigenous people, very dark melanin Blackfoot Indigenous people. 
And when people ask where the lighter melanin comes in, in many of our sides of families, for my family, it's not consensual sex. It's centuries of white boys and white men raping African girls and African women and black girls and black women. Mm-hmm. And so for me, learning beyond that, learning ancestry beyond that, it's still based on trusting what a company is telling you about your ancestry. Right. Wow. Okay. That's, that's very insightful. Thank you. Um, my, I have another question. Mm-hmm. So could you break down ADOS and what it actually means? I know it stands for American Descendants of Slavery, mm-hmm. but what is the, um, I don't want to say what's the movement behind it, but what was the reason behind this organization to be, that organization what was the reason why this organization or this group was created? Because in my, you already, you already gave a snippet. I'm an example of, well, not an example, but you, you gave the, the language for us. You broke it down. We were stolen. We were raped. We were enslaved. All of that. And then ADOS pops up and they kind of remove themselves. Well, they did remove themselves from the diaspora. Um, and they don't necessarily quote, I'm not, I didn't do too much research, so I'm not really sure. So to me, it seems like they don't, they don't consider themselves of African descendant, in my opinion, from what I've learned from other people. Could you break that down a little bit more for us? So as with every collective, they're different versions, just like they have the new Hotep, the new version of Moors, all these different forms that are not very connected to the original aspect of the stuff. So I always want our people, those of us of immediate African descent around the world Mm -hmm. to understand the difference between these original Identities such as Hotep and Ankh mm-hmm. and Moors being Africans that especially in parts of Europe like Italy versus the new version that was created over generations and what it means can vary by where you are at any given moment. So ADOS are people, some, I mean, it's impossible not to understand that we are descendants of our people on the continent of Africa. So I think most ADOS, ADOS understand that. Mm-hmm. They just want to distinguish continent of Africa and being dispersed around the world from those of us who are forced onto particularly the United States of America, part of North America, and our descendants of enslaved Africans on the land that was stolen from indigenous people that's now called United States of America. So that's the distinction there for ADOS. There are extremes within that distinction because it includes oftentimes being anti-Pan-African and Mm anti-pro-Black when it's based on uniting all of our people. It includes, for many ADOS people, it includes being patriarchal, sexist, men dominant, homophobic, transphobic, ableist. So ignoring tens of thousands of years of the whole entire continent of Africa and around the world of our people having various identities, ethnicities, languages, religions, spiritualities, sexualities, asexualities, gender identities, non-identities.
it tries to pin us all into this tiny little collective and said, okay, you're part of this, the rest of you people are not. So I'm opposed to anything that conforms to what white people originated racial categories to do. When white men created racial categories more than 500 years ago, about 500 years ago, it was done to put trillions of people from tens of thousands of years into these narrow categories. Okay. And so the whole idea of that, of course, is to control people. Mm-hmm. And racial categories are based on physical features, body features, hair features, clothing attire, religion, spirituality, language. It's based on anything that gets us, of course, put into these common denominators so that we can all be put together. Hmm. And so I'm not one of those people who believes in getting rid of race because we've shifted through that over the centuries to actually forming identities, just like when we talk about gender identities, sexualities, not everything that was created for the purpose of bad needs to be thrown away because now it has extended to something good. So we can address being, I'm 100% Pan-African pro-Black. Mine is based 100% on gender equity and not any disguises of inequity. And so I don't believe in getting rid of racial categorizations because racial identity and race pride for myself is not synonymous with racism. Like being pro-Black does not mean that I have to have an oppressor. It does not mean that I have to allow white terrorism in any aspect of my life. And the problem with ADOS oftentimes is it really forms a battle because it's like, okay, this is a topic only for black people in the USA who are born and raised here. Like if you migrated here, you can't be part of this topic. On one side, I understand that because it is factual that when we look at the history of immigration, a lot of Africans and European people of African descent and Africans from South America, Jamaica and so forth have come to USA and oftentimes have been celebrated by white people as being black enough to declare diversity, but not so black that they're challenging the white structure. So a lot of times you'll see schools, organizations, medical and health facilities that will hire medical professionals from Nigeria, for example, because again, they'll put that in the diversity data, but then their ideal is to hire a medical doctor from Nigeria who will say racism is not a problem. So that's so that's another tension that oftentimes happen, happens among those of us of African descent is this notion that we have to compete over who's superior and so forth. And it is the case that sometimes you'll find Africans from around the world who will tell USA Black people that we're imagining racism, it's not really that prevalent, or it's only a USA thing as though white people do not control most, most of the world. So that's, so that's one of the foundations of ADOS that actually is factual in terms of white people intentionally causing that divide and perpetuating that divide around the world. The problem is ADOS oftentimes goes to the extreme of contributing to that divide. Mm. And instead of saying, let's unite our people while appreciating our differences around the world, we don't ever want to hide differences. A lot of times ADOS are saying, we're going to exaggerate these differences. And there's a reason oftentimes why white people are very supportive of ADOS. And I tell black people, when white people are very supportive of you, and very supportive of the distinctions that you're making 
within and across African people around the world, it's often because it fits their whole go back to Africa whole yeah. thing that they've been doing for centuries, especially after Emancipation Proclamation. Right. So there's so much that goes into it. And, and unfortunately, a lot of ADOS people over the years have considered themselves capable of harassing me. And that's one way that they've been similar to white people. Is, Wait, they've harassed you? Yeah, like trying the whole virtual harassment thing, doing, like I always tell people, there's there's a reason why outspoken black women tend to be harassed by white people, but often tend to be harassed by cisgender heterosexual black men. And unfortunately, many of these cisgender heterosexual black men are ADOS. So mm -hmm. in their mind, they not only know the answer, but their answer is also based on control. It's similar to when we talk about civil rights movement being dominated by cisgender heterosexual black men and whose voices are more important. So that's why I tell black people when we're learning about every form of abolition, every form of unity, we also want to understand extremes that come from that. And you don't have to subscribe to a collective of people if you feel like it's overall doing something harmful. Like there's a difference between ideology and the people who claim to represent the ideology. Interesting. I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot because my experience, that was the first time I've ever heard of ADOS. Mm -hmm. And um, like, I, like I mentioned, I had this idea that everyone was the same was the same we're all black we're all descendants of of enslaved people and i as you said not to use a safe language but i literally was well we all were taught that we were quote unquote taken from well stolen i'm going to use i'm not i'm going to use the not so safe language we were stolen from africa and then um brought to different parts of the world so in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, so everyone came from one place, so we should all be the same. But I didn't realize, as I got older, when I was younger, I didn't realize um, most of the <laughs> most of the conditioning that was happening. But then as I got older, I noticed it a lot more um, because even within the Haitian culture, mm -hmm. they would also, you know, they would sometimes, especially the older generation, will say, don't be like those Black Americans or don't mm -hmm. do this like the Black Americans or we are not like Black people. We are better. I've heard that mm -hmm. from African and Afro-Caribbean countries. Yep. So when I ran across a, a, um, a fellow, not a fellow, but when I ran across across someone who was part of the ADOS and they repeated that and I was like yeah well they have said that but that doesn't to me I was like but that doesn't mean that I am better than you or that I am um you know I, I just was like I don't, I'm not better than you I don't think I'm better than you but they weren't able to break down exactly what ADOS is and what it meant the way you did so it just it gave me that sense okay this person doesn't like me simply because I'm of Haitian descent and categorizes me in a, in a way to say that I think like every other Haitian, older Haitian, elder Haitian, the older generation Haitian out there, which to me, I did get offended by it. 
But the way that you put it and the way that you you um, explained it, now I totally understand. I can understand why um, I can understand why the ADOS was created, and I can understand why they say things that they say and and under and think and reason the way that they reason. So now I get it. Well, keep in mind uh, when organizations and collectives are based on causing divisions, a lot of times people will still cause divisions even when there are some agreements there. Like it, it happened, that's thousands of years of humans oftentimes not knowing what it means to coexist without searching for division. Sometimes hmm. people are like, oh, what you said, I agree with what you said. However, that's different than what we're saying. And it's right. kind of like, yo, calm down. Um, so <laughs> that's where the division comes on both sides. Literally, Black people... I will say, because you know, when we talk about historically, we talk about some of the well-known people such as Marcus Garvey, collective with Malcolm X. And I mean, we have more than a century of well-known written books of our people around the world, oftentimes men, but but our women were up in there. Oftentimes, unfortunately, the women's work are not as published, but we have people who were doing the whole Pan-African and talking about collecting our people around the world. And they were doing a very good job. But one unfortunate trend is that Black people in the USA oftentimes are the most desperate to be Pan-African and to find that unity. Mm -hmm. It's oftentimes not reciprocated. And that's one thing they're talking about now with the protests in Cuba. People are wondering if, well, first of all, a lot of people don't like when I say Afro-Cubano because they're like, well, Cuba is all descendants of Africa. But remember, we have many, 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 many years of Cubans who consider themselves racially white, and they that includes in the United States of America. So there are some Black people who are asking if all why the, all these Afro-Cubanos are not protesting for Black lives in the United States of America oftentimes. So that's another example of divisions where Black people are like, you know, where's the reciprocity? We're here protesting for our people in Palestine. We're protesting for our people all around the world. And they feel like when it's United States of America Black lives, that our people around the world aren't really concerned. And that, and that includes oftentimes uh, black Canadians sometimes seem not concerned with what's going on in the United States of America. So that's an example of how division happens on both sides. And then I think back, my brothers and I both have, we all have Swahili, it's four of us. So we all have Swahili first names and middle names. Right, I remember. Yeah, so when we were children in the Second Capital Confederacy, Richmond VA, we got picked on by the black children who hmm. were born and raised in, Richmond as well. They called us African booty scratchers. They that was back when Shaka Zulu came out in the eighties. So they used to sing the Shaka Zulu theme song, bum 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 bum, and that's that's again part of the brainwashing of this division that white people have always wanted and still want of our people around the world. This notion that as black people we have to be now anti. Africa and anti anything that's African. We got to fall into this European style of dress, European style of 
wearing our hair. We got to pretend there's not tens of thousands of years of African history, African sciences, African knowledges, African arts, African mm -hmm. literatures, African music. And we only need to know white people's version of everything unless white people give us permission, to, like at a museum. And unfortunately, that's what many Black people in the United States of America subscribe to. So my brothers and I were teased. We were told that our names were strange. And so that's an example of how this division is on both sides. So those of us who we want to be pro-Black in terms of advancement for Black people in the United States of America, because we never want to be Pan-African such that we're ignoring local and national problems, but we don't want it to only end there. We want this liberation, this sharing of our knowledge to be local, national, and around the world. And so thankfully there are Black people around the world who want that as well, but we all have to combat that division that has intentionally been done for five centuries. And of course it includes Africans selling their own people. It includes Africans enslaving their own people. And you know, some African nations have sent formal apologies. And so now a lot of people are saying we appreciate apologies, but it's kind of like that whole thing you know, where's the money going? Is it still white people's money that you're you're benefiting from? So that's where this challenge has to be multitasking based. It can't be anti anybody. It needs to instead be pro black around the world while understanding that it's local, national and international and we don't have to battle over this. This is not a battle rap. This is really about unity because white people want us to battle each other. Right. White people are sitting around drinking lemonade, watching black people argue over nothingness a lot of times. This is true. This is true. But how do you think we, we, uh, we, how do you think we would combat that division? Like, what do you think we should do? I mean, there's people who've been doing this work for centuries, trying to form that unity, trying to explain that, take care of your family, take care of your neighborhood, take care of local and national issues while also understanding how advancing ourselves locally and nationally advances our people all around the world. That includes people who are expanding African education, African knowledge, so that our people in schools locally, nationally, and around the world are not going based on white people's version of education. I mean, even on the continent of Africa, it's white people's version of the law a lot of times when you're looking at the European standard that's used, when you're looking at in Jamaica and Haiti and on the continent of Africa, oftentimes when our people boast about having medicine and science, it's oftentimes not our original medicine and science, it's the colonialism and white people's version of Christianity. Hmm. Yes. Right. So yeah. and, and that's oftentimes a difficult discussion. So the work that I do, I've done work with medical professionals from Jamaica, medical professionals from Nigeria who will say that racism thing, that's a USA problem. We don't have that problem. And I say, well, actually, you do, because when I'm looking up research, even if it's research with Haitian researchers mm -hmm. or um, researchers from Ghana or Nigeria or Kenya, it's still oftentimes white publishers or it will be white people writing the research and they just put Kenyans in the reference pages. So it's still presented as white people's permission 
and white people telling us what is real knowledge. And, and I tell our people all around the world that white people want them to not notice that. It's like, it's like blackface. It's, it's really like blackface. Instead of looking at our authentic selves, we're looking at the selves that white people present. And that happens all around the world, including when we talk about what it means to be proud of being Jamaican, proud of being Haitian, while not knowing that, unfortunately, the struggles are because of tourists, right? Yes. Like, and the divide between Haiti and Dominican Republic, you know, blocked by a body of water where you can just stare at each other and Dominican Republic makes more money. That's also colorism. Yep. You'll hear, especially black men bragging about going Dominican Republic and finding themselves a cutie. And I'm like, this is really, you know, so I tell people the work that I do, it's based on you can't hide facts. You cannot hide historical and current facts. You might be uncomfortable with them. You might be afraid to discuss them. You might be afraid so-and-so is going to get mad at you, but facts are still facts. We can't criticize white people's for using white people's version of the world or white people's version of history if our people around the world are essentially doing the same thing in our families and in our communities and overall cultures. Yeah, this is true. I mean, most, for my experience, what I've heard, most black men go to the DR for other reasons besides mm-hmm. looking for a cutie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, yep. it's, that was quite sad when I heard that. I was like, oh, so that's why you want a Dominican Republic. Okay. Yes, that's why I tell black people, we're talking about world travel. We just have to understand that, I mean, brainwashing, this is all learned behavior. Yes. So when we're talking about ways that we all have been taught European white version, everything that's every part of our life. So when we talk about black activism, black scholarship, black knowledge, most of us will never have access to tens of thousands of years of knowledge, of course, because that's intentionally been stolen and destroyed, destroyed, put in museums, which is white people stealing, stealing, you know, making something yes. the first attraction is still stealing because most of our cultures did not sign off on that and not, are not getting paid for that. So I just want our people to understand there's always going to be a level of learning that we have to reverse. And you don't want to you don't want to be such that it's messing up your mental health and physical health. We don't want that. But we do want to understand that slavery, colonialism, the the white control of schools in every part of the world, and I mean every part of the world, including when there's no white people there. Oftentimes white people control it by donating books and the books are pretty much usually white people's version of everything. So these are all brainwashing. So we want people to not be paranoid to the point where it's messing up health and messing up families, but we want people to be conscious so that we can do our part in our lifetime to dismantle as much as we can reasonably in our personal lives, at work, at school, and then leave something hopefully for the next generation to do as long as humans will exist because racism, classism, colorism, all of these injustices will exist as long as humans are here. So we're never gonna pretend it's all gonna go away. We just have to know the part that we can play and be prepared for, of course, outrage, because a lot of people are really content 
with oppression. They, that's just, they've been brainwashed to be like, oh, well, at least I'm here. Yeah, no, that's that's going to be a very hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. And it's going, and we can't save everybody. Everybody can't no. come. Just like, uh, <laughs> just like the Underground Railroad. I knew you were going to say that. I knew y'all gonna say that. Y'all love the y'all watch too many movies. Okay, so I'm just saying, you know. This, this thing about black folk all around the world. We done watched some movies and now talking about a couple of horrible movies. I'm not gonna lie. Talking about she done left them behind. I'm like, okay. <laughs> now everybody using that as a quote, just like people was using Black Panther. All right. We want to remember the origins though, just like the Black Panther movie is based on a comic book that was created by white men comic book creators before the existence of the black panther party of activists and so we also just want to understand the full span of what it means to have to leave our people behind right and that's no no matter where you are around the world not everyone's going to be with you right right so when we talk about having to leave our people behind, that's also with an understanding that the people left behind are gonna be contributors to the systems of oppression. And when we say systems, we're talking about people. Mm -hmm. It's not abstract, it's not vague, it's like literally people doing this everywhere through policies and practices and they'll pretend they don't know that oppressions are resulting from what they're doing. So the people who are left behind, we also need to increase our protective factors so that we have resources so that the people left behind can't mess up stuff. And what that means can vary by, by what we're discussing. So I don't believe in, I'm not a big person about abandoning our people because most black people around the world are apprehensive about forms of justice and equity because they really have gotten accustomed to the way things are. Um, and this includes, when people around the world, our people, don't know that the versions of sciences and medicines and mathematics they're learning are not descendants of like African, Asian, indigenous, aboriginal knowledge. It's white people's version, European white, you know? Right. And a lot of our people are like, look, it don't matter where you go, one plus one equals two. And I'm like, the fact that you're grown <laughs> and you still think that that's the best example of mathematics to report to what we're saying kind of reiterates our point. Um, that's part of the brainwashing, such that you just know basic information instead of knowing the full span of what your people have created for thousands of years. You know, the medicines. It's just unfortunate when you go to most cities and states across the United States of America it's white people who are oftentimes making money from incense, from sage, yes. from oils, from cannabis. And it, doesn't, and it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, how do you guys know all about herbs and and all of this? And we're Traveling. here. They this travel, they steal. I mean, this, this includes this includes white liberals, white progressives, and white anarchists. And the ones they're the same ones that move into the low impoverished neighborhoods, and mm -hmm. then they start gentrifying it and calling it, oh, it's low rent. Very yes. easy to, and then the coffee shops start popping up. Um, yes. Healing centers start popping up. And I'm just like, what are y'all doing? Well, I know yeah. what you're doing, but. Yes. Yeah. Hair. And these, are, these include the white people who are, would seem socio-politically inclusive. They want to change the world. 
but they're changing the world within the context of often traveling the world and stealing sage. Uh, they're making it so that, for example, medical marijuana mostly benefits white people. So it seems like it's hippie and cool and equity based, but it's still very much about white people being the benefiters of all of that. And so that's why whenever we talk about ADOS and any movement that can seem extreme, depending on who you're speaking with, I always tell our people, no matter whether it's Moors, the new Hotep, ADOS, when people start talking all types of ways, I just say, look, I'm never going to be anti my people. I'm mm -hmm. going to let you know what not to say in my presence. Mm -hmm. You're not going to do that. I'm not, I don't ever, um, I don't ever co-sign on nonsense. You're not going to put my name on nonsense. Got Instead, it. what I tell our people is keep that nonsense in your nonsense circle. And in my circle, where we're actually talking about doing some work and making some changes to schools, to police, to employers, and to our societies around the world, we're going to find ways that we can help each other without being divisive amongst each other. Because white people, and it's includes white liberals, they're banking on us allowing them to travel the world, to pick up fragrances, to pick up, you know, nature, to pick up incense, to still yoga, you know, to, to do all of this. They're expecting to just keep on being able to do that because we're too busy arguing over who's really black and who's really yeah. So I just tell our people and 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 to the people who really are talking about saving our people, think about where you're spending your money is and this includes, you know, African shops and black shops. Yeah. Where is the material made? Is it made in China? So we we definitely don't want anything that's anti-Asian, but we also want to understand that blackface products are mostly made in China and Japan. Fake African attire is mostly made China and Japan and India. So we want to understand that advancing black and brown people requires us making sure we call out any time when any of us are harming each other. Good, good. I'm, that's this is great. I'm learning so much. Thank you, thank you for for all of this. Um, I do have a question. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between the new Hotep Moors and Unk? I did not know that there was a new movement of Hoteps, uh, Moors and Unks out here. Well, I call it new because oh. ever, yeah, I call it new because I don't want people to ever dismiss these African black movements just because they see some fools on social media or some fools at a town hall meeting. Uh, okay. So, so, for example, I have my African attire, my African hair attire, mm -hmm. and I've had black people see me at the store and be like, oh, you must be Hotep. And then they look scared and stuff. I said, see, this is the brainwashing that white people want you all to have. They want you to read something stupid and for you to now not know the original Hotep and the original Ankh in Egypt, right? right. So that's why I call it new. Anything that seems extreme and weird and scary and whatever, realize that's what you're reading on social media. It's not the original version. So this is why I just tell black people read. Uh, I remember that that rap song years ago where it talks about- Black people don't, they put all the information in books and black people don't read. 
Well, it's actually a rap song where it's called Read a Book. Read a yes, book. Yes, yes. Yeah. Read a book. Read a book. Yeah, read so book. that's what I tell my people. Yeah. Read a book. You don't and it don't have to be the white person's version of it. We have a lot of our people around the world who have published books. A lot of them you can find them on free. You can find them for free if you do an internet search. The whole entire PDF is for free. You can find there are a lot of black activists and black scholars who do this work and on social media if you follow them they will post these free books there also are local black owned bookstores that you can buy for free support 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 because when you don't support our people including if you complain because it's more expensive than amazon of course it's more expensive than amazon Amazon is white capitalism. Of course, they're going to be able to sell you stuff cheaper. And the stuff is not handmade that they sell you. The stuff is not, you know, black made. So nope, it's not. I just want our people to understand how we can stop contributing to that problem. So when I say new hotel, I'm distinguishing it from its origins that a lot of our people don't know about because a lot of our people have not read about it because too many of our people have been taught since preschool to believe what they're told in schools. This includes if they have a PhD. They're just regurgitating it and they're teaching it to their students over and over and over and over again. And then when they start talking about anti-racism and all this stuff in 2021, it's really based on anti-Trump rhetoric, but it's not based on saying, let's actually learn and require schools to put real information in libraries and classrooms. And I, that's why I tell adults, don't try to distract from your laziness. I see your laziness. You think that yelling about anti-Trump means that now I'm not going to ask you, so when's the last time you changed the curriculum? Right. Right. So I'm not I'm not distracted. So that's why I say new hotel, because I want our people to understand the original hotel, the, the real onk, the original Moors. So when you see that, when I say new Moors, you'll find particularly black men who will call themselves more. Some of these black men became more during prison. They might've been incarcerated. And oftentimes when the black men talk about Moors, they're using one page from a book. And this is mm -hmm. a black man generations ago who generated the Moors collective, but it's not mm -hmm. based on the original Moors from the continent of Africa who were in parts of Italy and so forth. And the new Moors say that we are all Moors. They'll say, they say we are all Moors and that's not based on fact. So that's just an example of why I distinguish original from new because we have to remember scammers are mostly our people within our group. So black people, non-white Hispanic, non-white Latin people are most often scammed by our own people because our own people know that a lot of us are desperate for information. And therefore, a lot of our people believe anything we're told, which is also financial scammers as well. So this is why I say to combat that, we have to challenge the version of information that's oftentimes presented. And, and challenging is very important, it's very difficult because I want my people to be very vocal, but I want the vocal ability of our people to be based on information and knowledge and not based on being desperate to just find something and then run with it. Yes, we, we, do, have, uh, we do have a problem with that. 
We definitely do have a problem with that within our community. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot. Yeah. Um, so, so that's just why when I, I hear Black people in, t- in the past year say more, which is, of course, M-O-O-R, right. I want people to understand the real more, which there are books written about the real more, and not based on the more that they might see. And the same thing when talking about Hotep. What is Hotep? If you could break that down, because I never, I didn't understand Hotep. I, you know, you hear it all the time. We're like, oh, this dude's a Hotep, or these new Hoteps out here, or this man's a Hotep, or she's a Hotep. I'm like, what yeah. is a Hotep? So Hotep is, it's an Egyptian word that means peace, or some people will say being satisfied. And there actually are articles by black people. And it, it just explains what hotep means in terms of the original Egyptian word. And so it's oftentimes originally seen as a greeting, just a way to greet each other. And it became seen as a form of extreme pro-blackness mm-hmm. and extreme pan-Africanism, particularly because a lot of times, like I said earlier, a lot of times when our people are searching for knowledge and information, some people just take one thing and they run with it and they right. misapply it because it's not really based on the original purpose from its founding in Egypt. And so a lot of times when you see images talking about hotel now, they'll show a black person with a very colorful African hat on. And it's this idea that you're saying something real profound but you know, you're faking the funk. You're pretending to be deep, but you're just trying to be a hotel. However, those of us who actually really do wear African attire and African hats, we're not pretending to be anything. We really are going based on the original meaning of peace. And it's not fake knowledge, it's not fake intelli- intellectualism. And so, so that's what hotel really means. It's that notion of peace. And it's something when we talk about Ankh. So you see the Ankh as the the original cross before a white version of Christianity came and extended it to a different cross. So it's similar to when we're talking about all these different things. So Hotep, oftentimes when a black person is saying something deep and profound, they'll joke like, okay, you went Hotep on us. And part of that can be anti-African depending on the person's attempted message. So like when I show up with African attire, it's not trying to be hotep. It actually is just a celebration of thousands of years of various cultures and identities, various styles of dresses, religions and all that. And um, and so one of the ways of expressing that is just with the Egyptian piece. I gotcha. Okay, thanks for that breakdown. Um, Personally, how do you feel about everyone traveling back to Africa and going to Ghana and they're they're calling it the new what was it the new coming or the new the return or something like that I yeah. forgot the phrase the uh, the phrase that they're using how do you feel about that are you are you liking it are you kind of like are you guys actually enjoying the country are you experienced are you talking to the, the natives um interacting like how do you feel about all of that that's going on that has happened within the past year or two well, I don't want anyone going anywhere during this COVID. <laughs> and I'm so serious because COVID is real. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want our people to take care of our health 
and to not use excuses when we talk about COVID and any other health issue, because we have mm -hmm. 529 years of medical racism and scientific racism. And I tell black people around the world, stop helping that, okay? Stop helping them kill off our people. So, so I, I highlight that because the continent of Africa, I want us to see it as more of a, more of a vacation spot, more than a vacation spot. So mm -hmm. we have about a century of our people who have relocated to Europe, relocated to Africa. You know, we could talk about James Baldwin. We could talk about fellow Black sociologists, criminologists, Dr. W.B. Du Bois. I and mean, we have so many Black people who just, they saw it as a sense of escape. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, it is a sense of escape. Even if it's not your native nation and native culture and your family, it's this idea that yes, there's oppression around the world, but at least here, the oppression is something that I can tackle in a different kind of way. Right. Without it always being like white people in my face, even when there's no white people around, that kind of thing. Right. And so in that sense, I want our people to just understand the potential pros and cons of everything and make it just a conscious decision. I don't believe in ever having to prove your blackness, prove your Africanness. I want it to be our people just sharing information. This includes there, there actually are a lot of black travel groups that are I, I don't know if one is called Go Back to Africa, but it's something like that where it's talking about we're traveling back here. Sometimes they do it every year and they collect materials. They collect books, you know, just just saying we're getting this knowledge and information in our culture that we can't find in most of the United States of America. And some people do that if they actually have a store in the United States of America. They'll, you know, that's how they do the trade as well for their store. So I think that that's wonderful for our people to have access to all this around the world. Our people have traveled for centuries. We also want to challenge this falsehood that we were just like on one piece of land for thousands of years. You know, our people have traveled for thousands of years and also traveled for centuries. So it's always been the case. So I just think that there are pros and cons. I think we have to just wonder what people want to accomplish as well. Like during COVID, I don't want people spreading COVID around the world. So sit your butt down somewhere. <laughs> take care right. of your health, take care of your family's health and community's health. For people who have wanted to move to Africa or even to Europe or Jamaica or Haiti, again, what are you bringing in? Like, what are you offering? Don't show up there as an annoying American who's treating everything like you're a tourist. Don't expect everyone to speak English to you and to accommodate you. Right. That's a very big thing too, when people talk about moving. Know where you're moving and you are in their space. Therefore, you have to go into that space changing yourself. They don't have to change for you. This is true. And that's just something that's very important because unfortunately many black people born and raised in USA have really just been stuck and so thankfully there's there are more and more black backpacker groups and black groups that go into the mountains and hike and so forth. So just expanding blackness to mean a full span of travel and a full span of identity.
And, and so they have to understand that full spin if they're traveling to Africa and if they decide to just reloc relocate altogether. Like you're expanding yourself and the food's going to be different than what, than what you're accustomed to. Mm -hmm. So don't, if you're, if you're someone who labels and stigmatizes things as weird, I, often when I teach as a professor, I've, I've had college students over the years who they're like, that's nasty. This is gross. We don't do that. Don't I say that's, you're going based on European white standard of normalcy, appropriateness and food. Right. That's not your original culture. And so just understanding the full span of cultures for thousands of years is important for our people who want to go back to Africa. So yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. So I just tell our people to go in there full of knowledge, but also know that you're not the expert. Don't go up in there claiming to be the expert because you got this American knowledge. <laughs> right. You'll be told to sit your butt down somewhere. You're very good at it. It's true though, isn't it? Come it up there and talk about how you seasoning this. You better take your American seasoning knowledge up <laughs> out of here. Because I mean, even when we're talking about the many Haitian restaurants, Jamaican restaurants. Oh, yes. The African restaurants, Nigerian restaurants. I mean, a lot of times, Black people born and raised in USA, many are not familiar with that because no. there are generations in USA because of slavery. Yes. So a lot of people's parents are also from USA as well because of slavery. And so they, so it takes time to learn more about the cultures that we were stolen from. And yep. our people who are, of course, in South America's because of slavery have expanded African cultures as well, as did we, because we we also used part of our African cultures in USA for centuries. But a lot of times people realize they thought they knew a lot about like Haitian <laughs> cultures and Haitian food. And then actually with the Haitian Haiti it was like, oh y'all was giving us the American version. And Haitians are like, yeah, duh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Fact. Yeah. Like when I went to Jamaica, I'm talking about some looking for some, what was I looking for? I was looking for some cocoa bread. Uh, and the sister in the mountains is like, I mean, we don't be making that every day. Do you make cornbread every day? <laughs> right. I was like, I was like, that I said that was such a like a real tourist thing, like literally thinking that this is just you're always gonna find some oxtails. Cause you know, black people around the world, the oxtails is part of our soul food around the world because of slavery. Like white people threw us the, the, the yes. scrotum of the cow, they threw us the tail, all that. So yep. all of our people around the world, that's where, you know, Jamaican food, black Southern food, all that came from. And so sometimes we just take for granted how much we're ignorant because of what we taught, we're taught in USA. This is very true very very true yes this this is very very true um my last very last question i know you mentioned your website and your email and phone number um are do you have any upcoming projects i know people can go on your website and find out but is there like any upcoming project um that you're working on that's very significant that would help the black community that people can uh 
you know, lend a helping hand to? Yeah, so I do mental health trainings. I specialize in Black mental health and Black suicide. And so during COVID, this has made it very difficult because a lot of conferences became virtual. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you all, but I'm, I've gotten tired of virtual conferences and stuff like that. So in about two months, I'm going to go back to traveling again with the hope that more and more people will go back to wearing masks. I ain't messing with y'all during COVID. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say it again. I'm 100% Pan-African pro-Black, but I'm not dying from COVID to prove it. So y'all better mask up and wash your hands. I ain't messing with y'all. So with that in mind, with 365 Diversity, I am deciding between doing some virtual or some in-person mental health work. There's a group of Black women, and we are actually working to do some programs to address how education and health connect. So when we talk about changing school curriculum, and when I say changing school curriculum, it's not based on permission necessarily. It's like literally the oppressors are not going to say, yes, remove our power. (laughs) They're not going to say that. So we have to address how changing school curriculum and what we're learning actually connects to changing the medical and health system because it all goes together. So a group of Black women and I are actually working on some virtual work to address that. We have not uh, created that virtual site yet, so that's something that people can contact me to get more information. And eventually, we do want to do a tour locally and nationally to tackle this more so people can contact me to get additional information. And again, the issue there is connecting education to health. And I always tell Black people that silence is compliance. We've had, you know, we talk about Indigenous people, Black people. We've had centuries of reasons to have to protect our life and our safety. Mm -hmm. And after a while, we have to be honest whether we're perpetuating that for white people. Because I believe in non-compliance. Like when Dr. W.B. Du Bois said double consciousness, he was not saying be a token Negro. He was saying we wear different hats because all humans wear different hats. But as black people, we wear a hat in white space, we wear a hat in black space. Why? Because we've had to figure out how to maneuver this system that is based in stolen land and stolen people. But Du Bois was not telling our people to tokenize ourselves and to just agree with stuff and then complain while you're still agreeing with it. Yep. So people can contact me if they want me to contribute to any of the work they're doing, if they want me to do a presentation, or if they want to know about what this group of Black women and I are doing. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much for your, um, for being a guest on my, my podcast. This was very informative. I learned a lot. And I'm going to go back and do my own research because there's a lot of things I didn't know. And there's a lot of things that um, I'm going to have to as well unlearn and relearn because um, the way that culturally I was raised, I, I was, I was, I was confused. I was confused <laughs> as a, as a young child and even as a young adult mm-hmm. and all that you have, like what we talked about I was I was taking notes while we were talking and I was 
I, I was taken aback because I was like, I didn't know 90% of the stuff. And it's great. It's great. I love it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I mean, learning is the rest of our life. If you oh, ever meet someone who claims that they have learned everything there is to learn, they just lie. know that person is believing many false things. <laughs> so yes, that's yeah. just, uh, we got tens of thousands of years of people, trillions of people with billions of cultures, identities, knowledges, experiences. So that's just something that we just have to understand. And we got to learn together. We can debate, we can disagree, but it can't be based on trying to hide things that are actually fact just because it makes people uncomfortable. I got you. You're absolutely right. You're correct. You're correct. All right. We're going to end it. Thank you so much. I need you to go ahead and let people know where they can find you one more time before we end. Thank you. I appreciate you. So go to 365diversity. That's 365diversity.com. You have a lot of information on the website. Make sure you scroll down. A lot of times, for some reason, people like to just look at the first part of the website. It's actually mm -hmm. scroll down. <laughs> There's a lot of information. And you can contact me if you want to learn about the work that I do. A lot of this work is changing because of covid Many conferences are changing. Community work looks different during COVID because we want to be safe as Black people. And so you can contact me, though, if you also want me to do trainings and presentations and teach classes. I am an educator, so I teach students, and that includes medical and health students. When we're talking about dismantling white power and racism, it includes every part so thank you so much, 365diversity.com. All right. Okay. Can you say your name one more time? Dr. Kimia Nuru Dennis. Dr. Kimia Nuru Dennis. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you. I appreciate this. I learned a lot. I'm going to bring you back because I want to talk about mental health and the Black family. Yes. So yes. bring you back. I don't know when, but I'm definitely going to reach out and bring you back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that, because before we end, I want our people to know that suicide, mental illness, physical illness was not created by Europeans, were not created by white people. However, components of this are perpetuated because of transatlantic slavery, Christian mm. missionaries, and currently also in the 21st century. So we want to understand the difference between that. Perpetuating suicide, mental illness, and physical illnesses, including things like eating habits because of transatlantic slavery, is not synonymous with white people inventing this stuff and it only being about white people. Yeah, I'm bringing you back. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, we need to because this is yeah. something that I have to, I, I fight my people because. We're going to be healthy together. We ain't going to be unhealthy because people believe in lies. Because white okay. people want y'all to believe lies and not take your medication or not do holistic health from thousands of years of Africa. There's holistic health. Black White people want y'all to not know that. And they yeah. want you to die to prove a point. Don't be doing that, including nope. during COVID. Don't. Pro-Black and Pan-Africanism is not about dying to prove a point. No, I'm not doing that either. You're right, because I ain't messing with it neither. That's right. You are absolutely correct. But yes, I'm bringing you back. Definitely bring you back. You already know where you can find me on Instagram, Haitian Sensation 13. On Facebook, Magda Zazir. Go ahead and like and follow this page. Thank y'all for tuning in and listening. And I will see y'all next week with a brand new episode. Thank you, Dr. Kimya. Kimya, right? Kimya.
leukemia. We gonna fight. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. I'm, I promise you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.